to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I am Francine Belay, your host, digital and change strategist, specialized in personal branding. I am also a speaker and author of the book, Personal Branding in the Digital Age, How to Become a Non-Expert, Thrive and Make a Difference in a Connected World. I am super thrilled to bring you inspirational stories, strategies, and practical tips to get more meaning in your work and in your life, earn more money, and lead a movement to change the world. I am on a mission to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs who struggle to attract their ideal clients. When they work with me, they find a clear, profound message that positions them as an authority in their field, easily attract their ideal clients and impact thousands of people globally. One of the biggest problems I see with purpose-driven entrepreneurs is that They've got big ideas and great vision. But when you look at their brand, you can't see any of that. Which means they are putting all this work, their heart and their soul into it, but they are not really seeing the return because nobody knows what they do. It doesn't have to be that way. And I would love to help you with that. I am offering a mini brand audit session so I can look at where you are with your brand where you want to be and together we look at the biggest things that are getting in your way. It is completely free and it's 30 minutes that can radically change the way you see your brand and how others see it as well. To apply for a mini brand audit, go to francinebelli.com slash audit. That's dot com slash audit. Today, I have the great pleasure to have on the show Dr. Andrea uh, Vanaka. She is the CEO at Sparks 5. She is an entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. And Andrea will share the key insight of her book, Vitality, Life and Leadership Insight, to allow you to thrive in this new world that we are living in. So, Han- Andrea, welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Thank you so much, Francine. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) So tell us in your own words what you currently do. So I'm currently heading up a phenomenal company called Sparks 5, and we have designed an application that measures and improves mental wellness. And we're offering this mainly to corporations. We are about actually to launch this into the uh, consumer world as well very, very soon. And we are also focused on mental performance as well. So we're leveraging everything that has to do with neuroscience and psychology to make people happier and, uh, and more performant in, in uh, every facet of their lives. <laughs> I love that. We're going to come back to that because I read the book and it's really fascinating. There are some aspects that are mind-blowing. So before we get that, uh, how did you end up working in what you're doing right now? I, I spent uh, more than 16 years in uh, the corporate world managing global teams, and I've always had this fascination with uh, human motivation. As I was managing these distinct teams all over the world, I, I was always asking myself, how can I make sure that I motivate 
my team to achieve the specific targets we were giving ourselves. But it had an extra complex reality because I had teams all over the world. So I had people in Asia, in the Middle East, in Latin America. And as you can imagine, the cultural reality behind managing culturally diverse teams was, was uh, uh, a big learning curve for me. So as I was learning about the cultures, I also started learning about the human psychology and human motivation. And, uh, and ultimately, after doing all this research, I, I, I wrote my actually my first book and decided to leave the corporate world and develop corporate programs that were focused on, uh, on successionality. That was my first book. And, uh, and that's really that the beginning, I would say, of my entrepreneurial journey that has led me to building Sparks 5 and doing what we do today. But from that early journey of developing programs based on my first book, Successionality, we started working with executives and CEOs in large and small and medium enterprises. And what I kept seeing more and more was really a lot of stress, a lot of people that almost had lost their joy for life. Yeah. And I said, I, I'm going to change this. I, I have to bring more smiles to people's faces. And that's what really led me to the creation of uh, the Sparks 5 venture and, and also writing the Vitality book. Yeah, that is fascinating. You know, when you think about, you know, that corporate career that you have, and now you are like the evangelist of happiness in, in corporation, that, that's, that is an awesome. What would you say was the very critical moment that made you realize that this was an important topic to bring in the corporate world specifically? Well, we spend so many hours of our days working. In fact, uh, if you just do a quick calculation and assume that you're going to be working uh, 40 hours a week uh, from the age of 25 to 65, we're going to end up spending about 10 years of our lives, cumulative, working. So yeah. I said, well, let's make work as enjoyable and, uh, and as fun as possible and because there's so many connections between our life at the office that really dissipates through our lives, uh, basically outside of the office environment, that I really wanted to help individuals thrive in, uh, in uh, new ways. Mm -hmm. I think yes, yeah, some of the um, um, you know passage in the book that you wrote about uh, how we need to bring our own self, uh, our whole self in organization is really key. And uh, the idea is like um, today, what would you say will be the kind of um, you know what is the obstacle? Why um, you know organizations are not really encouraging people to bring their whole self into work? You know, with the fact that you just say we're going to, you know, spend ten years of our life there. Why are we miserable when we go to jo to to work? <laughs> why can't we just be happy? <laughs> why are we not promoting that happiness in the workplace? Mm -hmm. I think we first need to realize that, I mean, there, there's really a big, uh, wide range of organizations and organizational realities. There are some companies that are allowing for people to truly be themselves. There's a lot of psychological safety. You don't need to walk around with a mask while you're in your office. Um, your leader, basically, or your manager is actually concerned about your well-being, not only during the office, but also outside of the office. And there, there's there's our personal connection, if you wish, that exists. You then have the other opposite spectrum of organization. And it's sad to say where it's all driven on performance. 
and it's really performance at any cost. And sometimes it could be at the cost of the well-being of individuals. And that's really the sad reality that there are still organizations that, that operate under a fear-based model that do not embrace the totality of the human spirit that we all bring to work. And all they want us to basically is just perform, 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 almost like machines. And it's sad uh, to say, as I said, that we still have some companies and certain leaders that operate in this way. But I, I would say as well that there's an evolution overall uh, and a trend for leaders to truly embrace more progressive practices, more conscious leadership practices, uh, because they're realizing that we are humans at our core, right? And yes, I may be in marketing, I may be in, in finance doing a specific role, but the reality is that I bring the totality of myself at work, right? If I had some personal issues or if I have some health issues, that is going to have a direct impact on my productivity within the work environment. And I think more and more leaders are, are embracing that reality that uh, work and life are fully integrated. And, and as leaders, we need to truly open our eyes and hearts to, to this reality to better inspire and motivate uh, employees uh, globally. Yeah. And also, you know, um, this is even more true in these current circumstances, you know, where, you know, in post-COVID world or COVID, you know, I don't know if it's post yet, but in this time that we are all in, where, um, you know, people have been, you know, facing quite a lot. So the humanity of the organization, how would you say that? Would you think that this will be at least accelerating the consciousness of uh, the way that organizations are operating and how they can embrace those kind of new way, perhaps, of, um, um, you know, doing some uh, leadership um, at work? Absolutely. I, I think we are already seeing an acceleration uh, of the reality. And actually, it's almost like an awakening of certain leaders that, uh, as, as I said, humanity and mental health and mental well-being and overall well-being of employees must become a priority because everything is a domino effect after. If an individual is mentally well, physically, emotionally, um, basically, they can contribute in a more effective way to the organization. They can be more productive. They can be more creative. Uh, but if individuals are really not walking, uh, basically, uh, within the enterprise premises, being their best self, they cannot contribute to taking that company forward to new heights. So that's really the, the new re reality. And I say, as I said, the COVID situation has brought an awakening to many leaders mm -hmm. as to what needs to change. And I think that's a, that's a good thing. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to come back again uh, in a moment uh, about uh, all the key areas that you are touching on uh, in your book and how we can integrate that both in our individual life and also in organization. And before we do that, so I just wanted to know, actually, which job did you want to do when you were kids? <laughs> <laughs> At some point, I, I was focusing on, on becoming an architect, actually. I have a very creative mind and spirit and uh, always loved art. And I felt that that was a good opportunity for me to pursue. Um, but it's, it's interesting because that's really the path I wanted to go towards. Uh, my parents had actually bigger dreams for me. They wanted me to become a doctor. <laughs> and uh, a lot of my education was actually focused on preparing to become a doctor. 
I, I went to do uh, health sciences, basically doing biology, physics, chemistry, everything you can imagine so I can prepare for medical school. And uh, anyways, that was my parents' dreams. And along the way, uh, I, uh, I had a very clear uh, awakening that allowed me to convince my parents that that was not the path for me. And neither was becoming an architect. And it was really more about pursuing the path of business. And uh, that really I wanted to pursue more. Yeah, but they should be happy now because you are still a doctor, perhaps not a doctor in medicine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I tell my parents as well. <laughs> so that can be a really like, uh, you know, big uh, consolation for them now to say that, oh, well, you know, she didn't uh, end up doing, uh, becoming a doctor, saving lives of people, not actually saving life. Of course, you're saving life in a way in organization, saving uh, humans' lives, being happy. Uh, and saving some of their lives uh, at work and in life as well. So, you know, just injecting, uh, um, you know, or saving people medically is not just that part, actually, uh, that we need to think of when we think about saving lives in general, I think. <laughs> that, that's awesome. So is there, what is one thing that people don't know about you, Andrea? <laughs> I, uh, I have a huge passion for aviation. And uh, a couple of years ago, I got my private uh, pilot's license. And really? I'm such a, uh, a passion that I even do uh, aerobatic uh, flying. So uh, <laughs> do you do that? Do you do acrobatic flight? Yes. Whoa. Wow. Where do you do that? <laughs> there's, a, there's a small airport uh, not far from Montreal where uh, it's mainly private, small planes that, uh, that are there. And... Uh, and uh, if the conditions are right outside, uh, it could be, uh, as I said, uh, one hour of phenomenal fun. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that is that is awesome. Since when have you started doing that? Oh, it's over ten years now that I'm doing this. Oh, wow, that is really awesome! My gosh. So, um, so tell me, uh, Andrea, if we come back again to um, you know your book, uh, Vitality, you know, um, tell us. You talk about the five elements and uh, tell us what are those five key elements and why actually five because it was fascinating when I was reading your book you have a long list of why five is an important number etc tell us about why five is a key important element and all those five elements that you have uh, outlined in your book Sure. So, so actually, let me share with you a little bit the journey on how I came up with the five. It did not start with five. It, then everything just unfolded and it was like an awakening. But what happened actually is that I was in um, working with, with the CEOs and executives and different corporations. And I, as I said, I was really fascinated by some of the challenges that I kept seeing. And a lot of those challenges that were linked to business had at their core a, a problem with the human element if you wish or or the human condition yeah and um after basically I, I i was reflecting on this and i and i had come basically from a session that the, I, I was learning different things that related to finance believe it or not uh, i was in a state of tremendous appreciation and this is where i had a huge inspiration and, and it's almost like all these different pieces of what i had been experiencing and reading all came together and uh, I basically just had an inspiration to write, I mean, more than 10 pages that became the foundation of the book Vitality. 
And it was really just so overwhelming. It was as if I was channeling some sort of insight and wisdom. But as I continued basically the research, I kept basically realizing how important those five elements were. And in fact, there was um, a research by Gallup whereby they were analyzing as to how do we define human well-being and what are the core elements and are they distinctive, whether we may be in France, in Canada or in Japan. And in studying over 150 countries, Gallup actually realized that when we're looking at human well-being, there's always the core elements that always drive how we feel. And we cannot escape them, in fact. Yeah. It's always about our career. It's always about our finances. It's about our relationships. It's about our health. And it's about our purpose, right? You know, Why are we here? How are we contributing to our communities or to the companies that we collaborate with? And when I, when I came across, as I said, the, this research from Gallup and continued my, my, my inquiries, everything just pieced together. And I said, oh, my God, this is in, indeed the core, uh, the core reality behind uh, human fulfillment, right? Because particularly as I wrote my first book on success, even personally, I had reached levels of success that were really outstanding. And I, I always felt as if there was something missing. And I said, how is this possible that we can achieve such high elements, uh, levels of success and not feel happy? And this is really where I came to realize that it's more the human fulfillment elements, these five core drivers that truly allow us to be whole and allow us to be happy. And mm -hmm. to summarize what are those five elements, we basically have to have a very clear purpose. Because if we don't have a, a, a great sense of direction of what we're aspiring to do and how we want to leverage our strengths to actually have a positive contribution on this world, we're always going to be feeling as if there's something that's out of place. Totally, uh, yep. Then it's about our careers. And the, um, the reality is that career and finances are mixed together, right? Because yeah. uh, as we leverage our strengths, we're all also focusing on creating uh, revenues for ourselves as a result of leveraging those strengths. Yes. Third, it's, it's about our relationships. We are social animals, the relationships we have personally and professionally are so essential to our well-being. And um, Harvard actually did research on the importance of relationships. And they were, they were noticing that individuals that were really in their 50s, that were um, having very positive relationships, were the ones that actually lasted um, much, much longer, lived much, much longer and had healthier lives. Mm. So this is really an important factor. Yeah, yeah. The, the fourth element is about health. And this is where we have to look at our mental health, our physical health, and overall well-being. And finally, it's about quality of life. This is about enjoying the journey. It's not just about moving from point A to point B and moving from one goal to another. It's also about paying attention to, am I having fun? Am I enjoying this journey along the way? Because at the end of the day, it's not so much reaching that this final destination that is important. It's really enjoying the process that allows you to get there, that allows you to grow uh, as a human being and, and to have a more positive contribution on this world. 
Yeah, so I totally get, uh, uh, you know, those five elements, which are in a way, um, you know, um, you know, again, it comes, uh, you know, toward all these uh, great, um, uh, you know, also the need, human needs also that uh, Maslow actually also, you know, portray, but organized differently actually um so you also talk about you know uh, a balance of those five elements i wanted to ask actually in terms of balance because we know that it's very difficult to do any kind of balance right so especially like let's say that you are starting a business or you may be not uh doing quite a lot of your relationship because you're going to have like a lot of uh, your focus on your career so how how what what kind of is there a you know optimal level of balance like you know one fifth one fifth one fifth or like uh you know sometimes you just can go one way and then catch up another time with another element how can we realistically get those things i usually call them integration like usually when people call, take say like work like balance i always say work like integration because balance i have never seen any balance in my life <laughs> so it's much more like integration what's your point of view in uh, the way that we, we we should you know integrate all those five elements <laughs> and, and and i fully agree with you uh yes i did uh, use the word balance in the book but in in the end uh, as my thoughts have evolved since then it's all <laughs> about integration as you mentioned mm. um and it's about quality Yes, uh, it's it's you know if you're really spending all your days at work and just working and you're forgetting about your health, you're forgetting about your relationships, you're not going to be very happy at the end of the day. But if you're able, oh, you're going to crash actually. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So it's really essential that we we. Uh, it's not so much uh, as I said the quantification in terms of a time. It's really about focusing on the quality because if we are able to still focus a lot of energy and, and passion into our work, but still have those quality uh, moments basically with our families, with our friends, uh, and make sure that we take care of ourselves and that everything that we do is aligned with a sense of purpose and that we also have fun along the way, then we're going to be fun. And, and then, yes, we are fully integrating all these elements that are so essential to our well-being. Yeah, now that's super. So now uh, also you talked about how, you know, organization can really, because when you think about that, you may think that, you know, this uh, individual to, you know, to that need to take care of their own, um, you know, different domain. But you say also that organization can use the same principle. Can you share how organization can use the same principle as well to make their organization more productive? Yes, and, and it comes basically uh, back to embracing the humanity of every single employee that you have within your team. And uh, we've made this easier for organization. At Sparks 5, we actually created an application that allows leaders to deploy the application that uses micro-learning and micro-challenges to actually help individuals find that optimal integration between all these five elements. So to make it as easy as possible, the application that we've designed actually sends um, lessons every single day via video format. So Mondays, it's going to be about purpose. Tuesdays, it's going to be about career. Wednesdays, it's going to be about relationships. Thursdays, it's going to be about health. So And Fridays, we finish off the week with basically quality of life. So we give 
ideas on how organizations can actually integrate more fun and laughter. And everything we do along the week is based on neuroscience and psychology. And, and in fact, research has indicated that taking those micro breaks is actually enhancing productivity and motivation for employees. So we're making it easy for organizations through the application that we've designed, not only to be able to implement something that allows you to take care of the global aspect of each human being within your team, but also allows you to consistently, as I said, remember that all these elements are important and we cannot just say, okay, I'm going to go work out for eight hours uh, and I'm going to optimize my health. No, if, if you're forgetting about your work and if you're basically not taking care of, of your relationships, you're not going to progress any further. So that's why we have this repetition of these topics that we focus on from Monday to Friday to truly keep it top of mind for everyone to embrace these five elements on a consistent basis mm -hmm. and, and, and begin seeing results as a re basically with time. Yeah, I love that. And um, in practice, how does it work? Let's say that I have a manager uh, who have like a team of eight people. Do, do they get the same thing at the same time? And then they do the, the, the um, you know, the micro uh, learning. Uh, how does it work? Um, you know, can you share perhaps some of the way that uh, some organization are using that? Absolutely. So uh, a leader that would decide to implement the application within their team indeed would uh, would have access to the application. And first of all, as a leader, you would have access to a dashboard where you can see the aggregated results and, and engagement levels of your employees while keeping, of course, all the data uh, of each individual employee confidential. So you have the manager that has a dashboard, you have the employee that has a dashboard, and every single day, they all see the same challenge, the same wisdom. And what we encourage organizations to do is actually to implement what we call a vitality break. So we encourage leaders to meet with their teams, of course, to talk about deliverables and KPIs and so on, but to take that extra five minutes to talk about the Sparks 5 wisdom of, of the day and the Sparks 5 challenge. And what we've seen across organizations that we're collaborating with is a phenomenal evolution in, in the relationships that are being uh, built as a result of different conversations that they're now having, all centered around their overall mental well-being. And, and this is reducing stress, is increasing productivity, is creating a greater sense of, of cohesion and, and optimizing their culture, which ultimately leads to higher employee engagement scores. Mm, that's a wonderful, actually. Um, so, yeah, so I think that a lot of organizations need to be, uh, you know, embracing that, actually, that app. How, how is it available? Is, um, is it, uh, this is only a B2B app? Individual can't use the app or if some individual just wants the app? Is it so possible? Currently, currently, yes, we are we are focused only on B2B. We are actually in the midst of... Uh, exploring new ways to make it more accessible to uh, the consumer world, but always through collaborations. So we'll actually be announcing uh, uh, later today or tomorrow a collaboration that we have with one, uh, one group, uh, which is called Mayday, that focuses on mental uh, well-being. And uh, they've integrated our application to their uh, B2C community, 
So this is really our entry into the B2C world. But to date, we have been exclusively focused on the B2B world. And I also wanted to mention that in addition to the daily challenges and wisdoms, what we also do is we, we actually have monthly webinars as well. So particularly over the last couple of months, as you can imagine, with uh, yeah. the current pandemic, the requests from our clients have really been focused on, on really doing deep dives into topics that relate to, to managing stress, managing anxiety. How can we also maintain creativity when, uh, when the, the future almost is un so uncertain and we can't even determine what the future is going to actually look like. So we brought in our neuroscientists, we brought in different experts to actually have these one hour sessions. Uh, and that's also what we do. It's part of our, our package, if you wish, that complements the daily wisdoms and challenges with the, the monthly webinars. That is fascinating. So they will get access to the webinar with uh, all kind of specialists, uh, you know, depending on the request. That, that's really awesome, actually. Wow. Uh, so um, tell me, so if we go back to our, um, you know, block, meaningful work, meaningful life, one of the questions I'd like to ask is that when did you really realize who you are and what you are meant to do in this life? Well, I would say um, it's it's been a journey. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> it's, and and sometimes you you walk on a path that you can't even see very clearly, but you're you have this deep feeling within you, right? That there's something that needs to change. That uh, you're not necessarily fitting as optimally um, where you currently are. So, I would say that the current. Um, if I really focus on how I actually got to my current state, it started with while I was in the corporate world and uh, I wanted to really have a greater contribution. And I felt that the walls of the organization that I was part of, although it was a phenomenal company, uh, were not allowing me to uh, have uh, the massive impact that I truly wanted to have. And, and uh, it took a lot of courage to actually leave uh, uh, a very executive role, and uh, and basically, as I said, launch my own company, uh, write my my first book, and and begin a completely new journey. Uh, so, along the way, different things have happened, but it's been uh, it's been a phenomenal uh, realization, and and I would say that every single day, um, I'm reminded. Uh, about the deep joy that I feel when when I hear the positive impact that we're able to have on uh, on people's lives and organizations, and it's it's really tremendously rewarding. And uh, despite the many many uh, successes I would say that I've had in the corporate world, uh, nothing compares to to the joy that I currently feel as a result of having such positive impact on 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 people that we're we're very privileged to to collaborate with. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yes, so we've all been there. So living corporate life to uh, start your own business is not a um, you know is not always a straightforward uh, path, but is a rewarding one. Um, you know, perhaps not for everybody. Uh, you want to make sure that you 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 measure the risk or the you know the obstacle that are you know and and make sure that you are willing to take those risks actually and those obstacles. So that's fascinating. Um, you know, seeing uh, you know how you jump to the, from the corporate world to now run your your own um, you know business. Um, so often actually. 
I also love to know what did you struggle with the most in life, would you say? The biggest struggle I, I would say came um, when I actually started my first business and believe it or not, um, I, 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 I mean, things were going really, really well and I had an accident and that accident actually brought me to being in bed for about two weeks where I could barely walk and I, I felt as if I was at the lowest possible point I could reach in my life because everything that I had built and I had just started my, my business um, was being put in question. And uh, that moment was, was an opportunity for me to rethink as to where do I want to go and what's next and uh, will I be able to be normal again after this experience? Uh, and evidently I am, everything's fine. But I would say that those two weeks in my life were tremendously challenging in, in, in many, many ways because you, you, you almost lose your, your identity and everything that you aspired to achieve becomes questionable, not because of your lack of will or desire, but because of your inability to actually stand up and, and go and, and do what you want to do. And I would say that is also another key element that brought me to the realization on how important our physical and mental well-being are. Because we can have the most grandiose dreams. Uh, we can have everything uh, basically in our favor. But if we don't have the energy and, and, and basically the power to achieve those specific steps, we won't be able to go very, very far. And, and you see, even at that point in time, when this happened many years ago, um, it, it also made me realize more and more what I'm doing, that that's really what I want to do. I want to prevent people from, uh, from falling down to a point that is so low for them that they begin to wonder, you know, what, what is this life about, right? And, and I just want to change that for everyone and not... Uh, not have anyone live through uh, the challenges that I went through. Although, as I said, it was short and it was started by an accident. As I said, in other cases, for some people, it could be actually a whole journey, right? Of small little actions that they take that just amplify into something greater, whereby then they have then a, uh, a meltdown, a, a depression. And uh, that can really bring some people to very, very low uh, points in their lives that is, uh, is very, very hard to get out of. Mm, yes. So I get that. Um, yes, a very, uh, you know, important, as you say, to um, make sure that our life, we, we take care of all those aspects, because as you say, you can have the most grandiose vision if your body can't function, you can't go anywhere. Um, so very important to, to, to get that realization, because when we are all, you know, you know, we are, uh, in good health and uh, we take it for granted you know we've seen that with covid right so we can't take it for granted so it's impossible to take it for granted so as how can we protect that health proactively also protect that health you know with all those um, you know systems and all those 
five key area, having a look at all those five key areas is really crucial, actually, that um, we do that as much as we can. Obviously, we're not going to be perfect all the time, but uh, it's important that we we, we um, look at all those uh, elements in our life. So that's super. So now, um, what would you say was the, you know, um, lowest, the very, very low point that you reach? until you get an aha moment that changed the course of your life? As I said, the, the lowest point was really when I had the, the accident and, and, and I was really not able to function. And I'm a person that is super high in terms of energy, uh, in terms of positivity. And that really, that moment turned my life around. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've been blessed, as I said. I mean, uh, typically because of my personality and because of my my positivity, um, even though there have been challenges here and there, nothing that really brought me to a point that was so desperate compared to the one, as I said, when, yeah. when I was like, really wondering, okay, am I going to be able to stand up? And I am I going to be able to walk again normally and function uh, with the level of energy and, and tenacity that, I, that I've experienced in the past, right? Mm-hmm. So that was really, I would say, the, 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 the greatest realization of what really is important and, and where my life needs to go, basically, from there. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. So uh, now, what, how would you say that your childhood has prepared you to be who you are today? Well, my childhood definitely has established, I would say, the root foundations that define who I am in many, many ways. I, I was born in Romania and uh, my parents tried to leave a communist regime when I was about 10 years old. And it was a journey that was tremendously stressful, but also it was an eye opener for me in, in many, many levels. And even at that young age where I had little power or control over what my parents were doing, Everyone basically in our entourage was saying, this is mission impossible. You cannot leave a communist regime with the whole family. I have two other brothers. So five people leaving legally is almost inconceivable. Hmm. But my parents did it. And although it was a year of tremendous struggle, um, we left legally, all five of us. And what that lesson truly taught me is that nothing is impossible. Well, everyone kept telling us, this is impossible. You're never going to leave. And <laughs> this is never going to be possible. My parents did it. And I've been living with that same tenacity and perseverance within mm. me since that very young age. And whether it came to learning new languages, whether it came to even learning how to become a pilot just for fun, there, there's nothing that will stand in my way in, in pursuing something that I've decided is important for me to pursue and, and, and that perseverance, as I said, really establishes uh, everything that I do today. Yeah, so fascinating to always uh, dig a little bit uh, in uh, people's childhood to see actually how it has shaped them. And obviously, sometimes most uh, of the time you can see actually the link with uh, your personality now, what you've learned and the tenacity of your parents, you know, to leave uh, that, um, you know, regime and that uh, for a whole year, you say, they try for a whole year to leave and uh, they, 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 they persist 
obviously. So that's that's awesome to see actually that is translated into you. Sometimes it's like a rebellion against our childhood. Sometimes it's the kind of same um, you know, continuity. So it's always good to see which of the spectrum you 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 fall in the yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome, uh, Andrea. So now let's talk about money. Yes. So uh how do you currently make money? <laughs> Very good question. <laughs> so of course everything is centered around Sparts 5 right now, uh, building the business. Um uh, and and growing the business uh, that's really how i make money i also uh, give conferences on a regular basis on different topics from uh, from uh, peak performance to human-centric cultures to flow uh, all the topics that i'm very passionate about some of them that are actually mentioned in the book is is, is basically um accessible uh, either via conferences or uh one-on-one -on -one sessions or coaching with executives. But the core, I would say, of how I make money, to answer your question, is really through the products and services that we're offering uh, at Sparks 5 today. That's really where my entire focus goes the majority of my days. Yeah, yeah. So I love asking this question because, um, you know, another question that is going to follow with that is that sometimes people um, do what you love because obviously you love what you do, right? And then some people you know, love what they do, but hardly get paid for it. And uh, other people sometimes don't love as much what they, you know, do, but get paid a lot for it. So my question is always to ask, how can we do both what we love and get paid well for it? What is your perspective on that? <laughs> so I, I think that when we do follow our strengths and we do what we love, we're able to bring that extra creativity, that extra tenacity, and that extra, uh, I, I would say, uh, productivity that allows us to propel ourselves so much further than if we're trying to do something that is not interesting for us. There's a concept actually uh, that I, I actually teach and I, and I do training sessions on that is related to peak performance and flow. And... Uh, Flow is a concept that was originally uh, discovered by a Hungarian psychologist by the name of Chizmihaly, and he was looking at how these athletes were able to achieve these peak states of performance and what was actually happening in their minds and in their brains that allowed them to achieve these world records. And recent research has actually allowed us to bring that concept of flow into all facets of our, our world, not just in, in the sports world. And I believe that when we're able to bring our, as I said, our passion and, and truly pursue what we love, this is when we'll be able to more consistently get into states of flow. And, and by doing that, we'll be able to deliver world-class results. We'll be able to distinguish ourselves in new ways in comparison to everyone else that's out there in the market. And consequently, as soon as people see value, you're able to actually make money from what you truly love. Mm, yeah, interesting, very interesting. But it is sometimes very difficult to put into application to move from uh, that, that you know, um, concept of flow, but again, thinking of flow, I, I thought that it came from Asia actually. But you say that it's from Hungary. Is it from a Hungarian that uh, had discovered the, the flow before? It's it's been extensively researched by, uh, as I said, Mihail Chismihaly, and and he's done tremendous research around this. Uh, and uh, and as I said, and then there's other 
researchers and other universities that have explored this uh, even mm. further yes yeah so. yeah yeah no that's that, that's um you know sometimes um you know thinking of how people can practically take that those concepts and apply that into their own life and really make sure that what they do actually do generate the money that they want to see actually is very key actually so very very uh good to uh actually study the uh, concept of flow then yeah. <laughs> that would be your key insight for this yeah. that's super um so uh where do you see now um you know uh some um opportunities with this uh COVID time to perhaps rethink some business model if um, you know you 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 can you can think of different ways um you know you yourself your concept you wrote that before covid but is still like a disruption of uh, you know leadership model um do you see any other areas that you know post covid we can really start to think or rethink some business models out there yeah, I, I think the current uh, business reality uh, is is pushing all leaders to rethink what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, in times of crises, it, there is also time for great opportunities. But we have to evaluate our sense of risk. And not everyone has the appetite to actually be a risk taker in this world. Mm -hmm. uh, on our side, actually, uh, as it relates to Sparks 5, We've actually just launched a, a recent training that actually focuses on flow and how can we teach uh, people to get into states of flow and reach peak performance more consistently, mm. particularly because we've noticed that given the anxiety and given the levels of stress that everyone has been exposed to, productivity for some organizations actually has gone down. Yes. So although maybe their product offering is very relevant in the current context, employees are struggling actually to maintain their their focus and their energy and so we've if you wish we've designed a program actually to tackle these specific challenges and make sure that we teach individuals um, everything that that is based on neuroscience to help them achieve those peak states while maintaining high energy and, and high productivity levels mm -hmm. so as we've shifted some of our offerings uh, I, I think it's an opportunity for many organizations to to really be more bold and open to taking new risks because uh, the companies that will be taking those risks are the ones that will strive in the future. Um, rather, you know, lack of adaptation is not necessarily the uh, the right way to to move forward. It, it's really about rethinking uh, not only what is our purpose, what is the contribution we want to make, do we want to change some of the products or services we're currently offering. But we also need to look inside and, and ask ourselves, well, what are the skill sets that our employees need? Um, and typically, we focus tremendously on technical skills yeah. and technical competencies. But more and more, as a result of what we're seeing, we need to focus on emotional skills, emotional yes. resilience, mental, mental well-being. These are becoming more and more essentials for organizations to, to focus on. So I think it's a whole... A dimension and a whole facet of elements that need to be explored and and looked into for us to truly find the path that is relevant for each leader and each organization out there. 
Mm, yeah, it's awesome. And you also talk about uh, a concept in your book called Sparkonomy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, which is quite relevant to what we are talking about. Can you tell us a little bit more about this concept of Sparkonomy? Yes. Well, to truly transform this world and, and uh, have a more positive impact on people's lives and encourage people to achieve a greater sense of human fulfillment in all facets of their lives, the five pillars we spoke about earlier, I, I think there's multiple stakeholders that can contribute in, in igniting those sparks for people, no matter where they may be in the world. So it starts, of course, with ourselves as human beings and embracing that, that gross mindset to truly want to surpass uh, wherever we may be to go further and become better human beings. But at the same time, I, I believe that there's also a responsibility for organizations to truly also give an opportunity to employees to grow and foster that gross mindset as well. I also believe governments can also be very supportive in, in bringing greater wellness into the world And in fact, what we've seen is over the last couple of years, actually, there's more and more governments that had actually implemented legislations in order to bring down the stress levels that they were seeing across organizations because they felt that companies were not actually taking the necessary steps to help their employees thrive. And we're talking here uh, at examples from France to Japan, just to name two countries that have implemented legislation. So it's quite impressive to realize that governments have had to take action to transform the well-being of employees and reduce the stress epidemic that we've seen over the last couple of years because companies were not necessarily waking up and realizing that things had to change. So as I said, there's a lot of great organizations that are doing more and more phenomenal things. Yeah. And, and I think we just need more more uh, progressive leaders that are embracing this new reality that uh, we all have a role to play and and the best gift we can give to an employee is not just give them a job but also give them inspiration give them a sense of purpose and help them thrive not only as employees within that technical role but also help them thrive as human beings Yeah, yeah, no, you're totally right because, and we can see actually, yes, some of organizations are now really taking that on board and can see that as their competitive advantage, actually, because this is how you can attract people if you are able to offer those like a benefit. So it's no longer like, you know, um, you know, a bigger salary, but you can have a nice package where you offer those kind of emotional support. I'm sure that this can be a great advantage and can boost your employer brand as well. So, um, you know, in one of my talk, I was even talking about employee branding, how you can help people discover their own purpose and, you know, leverage also their own personal brand for their business uh, brand. So, and I think that, uh, you know, all those things are going together. And I love that concept of Sparkonomy where all the stakeholders come together and at all level, individual level, organizational level, even governmental level. So, which is great. So you can even perhaps rate countries uh, based on their level of Sparkonomy or I don't know, <laughs> their attractivity rather than, you know, um, the best place to, you know, to, 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 to visit based on uh, tourism. It can be, uh, you know, an index that thing that you are even talking about some of the vision that you have for the future as well. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, indeed. I mean, as you're looking, you know, you have the happiness, the happiness index. We're so yes. why not have the Sparkonomy index, which really re <laughs> reflects, you know, are are we truly embracing uh, all dimensions of our lives, and are we leaving, uh, you know, leading a, a fulfilling life overall? I, I think it is feasible. It's something we're going to be paying more and more attention to achieving, actually, in the in the very near future. Currently, yes. our our mission is actually to have a positive impact on more than 500 million people by the year 2030 through the solutions that we've designed and deployed uh, at Sparks 5. And, uh, and uh, of course, Sparkonomy is part of that. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. It leads us lovely in our next session, the last section, building a movement. So which movement are you leading or would like to lead or be part of? <laughs> It's really about the movement of creating greater human fulfillment and um, and making the best of this beautiful life journey that we all have, uh, embracing the uh, personal evolution and growth mindset and, and really igniting that spark. The movement is about igniting a spark within each individual out there to leave uh, a fulfilling life that they have a great sense of joy while having a positive impact on their families, their communities, and the companies that they collaborate with. Yeah, that's beautiful vision, beautiful movement. <laughs> so that's fantastic. How would you want to be remembered for, Andrea? I want to be remembered for the, uh, for the, I would say, the positive moments that has brought joy to the people that I'm fortunate to share this life with, and uh, the positive sparks of inspiration of people that have read my book, have used the Sparks 5 application, and, and really have, a, uh, I, I would say, have began a, uh, looking at their lives in new ways that they never dreamed of uh, possible before. That's super. So what would you say that you have learned from all your experience that you most want to transmit to others? I think um, in order to truly uh, be happy and joyful in life, we need to be uh, taking 100% accountability and responsibility for our actions and the results. And uh, uh, unless we actually do that, we're always going to be acting as a victim. Yeah. And from my perspective, that's not the ideal way to lead a life. Uh, if you're truly embracing 100% uh, that every action and every thought actually and every emotion that you're going to have is going to have an impact on the life you're going to be able to create, then you can focus your attention and energy on building self-mastery and truly focusing your energy on, on the elements that are most important in your lives. As I said, it's not just about your career. It's also about your sense of purpose. It's about your relationships. It's about taking care of yourself and also about having those moments of joy and laughter that are so essential to, to our lives. So that's really, I would say, the, the core insight from my perspective today. Yeah, that's all wonderful. Take responsibility in life. That's, I love that. <laughs> so, um, so what is your definition of meaningful work and meaningful life? So meaningful work and meaningful life is really about, and I know we spoke about money earlier, is, is really doing what you love and making, making uh, a living out of it and feeling at peace with every single action and decision that you've taken and uh, the positive impact that you're having on this world. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's super. So is, is there any kind of key takeaway that you like um, the, our listeners, uh, viewers to actually, um, you know, take with, uh, with them from the book that you wrote, uh, Vitality? I, I would say that it is essential to, to be true to ourselves. Often we have this voice within us that is is always bringing our attention to maybe you're not on the right path, maybe you should not be doing this and so on. And being more self-aware about that inner voice that is guiding us. And, and as I said, take accountability, have the drive and the passion to really do what you want and, uh, and live life in a more joyful way. It is so essential. Sometimes we, we amplify little things and we turn them into these huge problems that can just be avoided or, or forgotten about very, very fast. But sometimes we just, you know, ruminate and focus on those uh, challenging situations rather than saying, well, what did this situation actually teach me? How am I growing? And let's not look at this situation as a door that has closed, but rather maybe as an opportunity for me to open a new door into a new life journey that will actually even be better than the, the one I had before. Mm, that's very key, actually. Um, don't waste time on uh, unnecessary, <laughs> um, you know, things and uh, focus on the most positive, most productive way of spending your time and, you know, your life. Great. So can you share now some resources that our listeners should absolutely know about to live uh, a meaningful work and do meaningful life? Me live a meaningful, <laughs> live meaningful life and do meaningful work instead. Yes, of course. I mean, the best thing would really be to connect with me on LinkedIn. And from there, you can see uh, the links to Sparks 5. And, uh, and from there, you can have more information on our Sparks 5 application. As I said earlier as well, we have currently a peak performance program that uh, that we've launched and that will be starting in the middle of July. If you're interested to truly take your performance to the next level while maintaining your energy and, and, and life joy, uh, we'd be more than happy to have you on board. So feel free to reach out uh, via LinkedIn, ask me any additional questions. You can also follow on LinkedIn uh, Sparks5 for more updates and, and all the interesting things that we will be launching very, very soon. <laughs> that is awesome, Andrea. Thank you so much for uh, share, having shared all your gems and your wisdom today with our listeners. Uh, so uh, I'll really uh, appreciate all these uh, insights that we've got. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Francine. It's been a pleasure. If you are a purpose-driven entrepreneur and are struggling to attract and enroll your ideal client, apply to a complimentary mini brand audit session with me so I can look at where you are at with your brand, where you want to be, and together we'll look at the biggest things that are getting in your way of building the business you're dreaming of. Go to francinebelly.com slash audit, that's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E, B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash audit. I only have few spots open every week, so you want to go there right now. So thank you for listening. The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelly.com slash podcast, with all the references and resources shared on this show. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to show your love and support, share it with your friends and colleagues on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. 
Make sure you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. And leave me also a cool review because it's going to mean that a lot of people are going to see that and it's going to help me spread this message to many more people. I will see you next week for another episode of this season six. Until then, dream, act, and make an impact. Lots of love.